Yo, buenos dias and good morning. Yo, this is Timothy Leron and you're listening to Everyday Encounters. So first off, can we get a shout out to Biden? Like, no, come on, y'all, for real. Clap your motherfucking hands, for real. You know, last Friday on the 8th, our president, Joe Biden, signed an executive order safeguarding abortion rights. We did it. We did it, Joe. So what this means is it's going to provide access to not only medication and abortion and things like emergency contraception, but it's going to protect patient privacy, boost educational efforts surrounding this pivotal topic, and it even bumps up security for those trying to use their rights constitutionally to abortion, including any, you know, any legal needs, you know, they might have to get around a man, you know what I'm saying? Surrounding abortion, of course. But, yo, this comes at the perfect time because you know i'm all about support and everything like that but i was i was on a little sex track myself with the women you know i stand with you i stand with you i can't like fully relate but i'm both like directly and indirectly affected if you know what i mean and you always got uh, you guys go drag me high okay i was like fiending for a little bit <laughs> Nah, but for real, congratulations to all of my beautiful queens out there on um, this pivotal moment in history because I know it's something that we've been battling for too long, too motherfucking long. People telling you what you can do with your bodies. I would be going insane because I already don't like when people tell me what to do. <laughs> but um, a little bit about me. I'm from upstate New York. That is the motherfucking Apple State. And, um, you know, I chose to start doing this podcast because I always have a lot to say and no ears to let it fall on, basically. It was purely selfish. I ain't gonna lie. But in the act of this, I decided maybe let's talk about some topics that, like, everybody goes through. Hence the name Everyday Encounters. Um, I always say, like, every story worth living is worth sharing as well. So that's what this platform is for, literally to share anything you're going through, whether it be serious, whether it be sad, whether it be somebody cheating, whether it be about your mama and you can't really cuss her out to your face, so you got you to gotta do it on here, behind closed doors, you know what I'm saying, because you don't want to get that slap, you know, that slap hurt across the world, across the world, really. Um, or just like a what-the-fuck moment, something that happened at work and you can't tell your balls off. So, to get it started, um, anytime you want to tell a story or anything like that, you email me and um, I will reach back out to you and we'll do a recording for the podcast. Um, I'll send you a link. Um, But contact info, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Green T. That is G-R-N underscore T-I. Or you can email me at television period green at outlook.com. That is television, the normal way to spell it, y'all. Don't do nothing fancy. Period green, like the color, at outlook.com. But to get it kicked off and give you like maybe a hint of what we're doing, I'm going to tell a little bit more about myself because I like to hear myself talk. And you're gonna listen to me talk today. So really I decided to talk about unconditional love and I'm like, 
man, that's like amazing, an amazing topic because, you know, everybody's supposed to have unconditional love or everybody says that that's what they give to the person that they love. So, um, just a disclaimer, if I do end up saying any names, you best guarantee that they have been changed for privacy and discretional reasons. For real. I don't need nobody thinking I'm talking about them. But, I mean, from the story, you might know anyway. Um, but to get started, you know, I had just gotten out of a relationship with somebody, um, a former partner of mine, and uh, yeah, to sum it up, there was fighting, drug use, emotional stress, depression. On both ends, there was wrongs, um, and I hadn't really developed any relationships on a personal friend level. I mean, I had friends, but since I was so caught up in my own shit, I really didn't give it the time or them the time and myself the time with them to cultivate that. And so when it was over, I really felt like I had nowhere to go. Now, mind you, that's probably definitely not the truth because I think if I would have called any of the people that I was just referring to, they definitely would have took me in. But, you know, I'm the type of person where if I'm not calling you when I'm good, I'm not going to call you when I'm bad either. And it's just a moral conduct code for me. I don't want you to feel like I'm using you, so I'm not going to call you when I need you if I didn't call you when I didn't need you. Nah. But, um, you know, after the relationship, it was basically dropped off at a homeless shelter. And um, from that homeless shelter, I had this friend, like one of my long lost friends. And uh, that's a loose term, too, given our current state of this whatever relationship we had. But he's like, you're in a homeless shelter. Like, you should have never have been there. You could have called me at any point. You could have called me. I would have came and got you. You know you don't have to be there. You're too good to be there, blah, blah, blah. Like, come, come. You got to come. Da, da, da. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it on my own. Like, I want to do it on my own. So, you know, eventually I went and I was working. I got out of the homeless shelter. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. Like, I went to my old job. I'm like, um, I'm, I want to work. Now, mind you. Remember I said drug use before? Yeah, that was still on and off going on. And I'm not talking about no funny grass. I'm talking about, like, some hard shit. Yeah, viewer discretion, there is a parental advisory on this. Maybe I should have said that in the beginning. But I'm sure you find it on my page. Um, So anyway, yeah, drug use on and off. And I'm, like, trying to work and stuff like that. I remember one day I just went, like... Bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, okay? I lost my shit. I was in the room. I swore that some people were going to, like, terribly hurt me or something like that. And I remember, I'm like, who can I, who can I run to when I need? Yeah, I was on some time like that. So I ended up calling my long-lost friend. Remember, he said that I could come at any point. And I went, and I'm like, yeah, it's going to be the best ever, blah, blah. Mind you, I had met a new friend. Yeah, my life was all over the fucking place. I called it being on tour. And the friend that I'm talking about right now did not like that at all. I could tell every single time I told him that he didn't like that. But he's like, when are you going to stop running? And I'm like, bitch, running? I ain't running. But baby, tour, tour had me running laps in the same circle i'm trying to tell you so i went to nashville against my friend's advice and you know got there it was going all good at first and then you know 
my friends like, I just want you to do good. I want you to get in school. I want you to do this, blah, blah. Now, I was having, like, the time of my life. I had started working out again. I had stopped really smoking the hard drugs. And I just felt like on top of the world, I had got a job, like, day three there, working at another hotel. I was like, man. And mind you, this hotel right here used to home be the house for, like, the NFL players when they would come and be working at the camps and stuff like that so it was a really nice hotel this one was like a let me upgrade yeah that's what my friend did when he brought me to nashville okay for real however one day he had to go out of town and i was so like i guess lonely i downloaded some apps you know you know them apps that i'm talking about a ziggawit that used to be the sound for it. And I started hanging out with somebody. And it was really just supposed to be like a friendship thing. But then came, you guessed it, the drugs. And so I'm back on this hardship, called off from work, like then made up some type of lame ass excuse as to why I wasn't at work. Like it was all the same shit over again. Like I really had to deal with my problem. And so when my brother got back or a friend got back, see, the relationship is still confusing to me. You know what I'm saying? But when he got back, he's like, you got to go. I don't, you, you need to call your parents and you got to go. So I'm like, oh, like I'm boohoo crying because I told him exactly what happened because I am for some reason on this new leaf, like as I'm walking with God that I don't want to lie and it kills me to lie. So like I couldn't even withhold or restrain the tears from just like falling out of my face told him what was happening he said I gotta go now for some reason it was so odd because he was so stern with me and told me I gotta go but yet he told me before I got there that he would never put me out like how my former partner had did so it was just a confusing situation and then I had like still the time of my life the last night or whatever that I was there until it wasn't the time of my life. It's a complicated relationship. And I'm not even I'm not going to talk about that but it was fun until it wasn't and then it was weird. And now it's even weirder because we don't even talk. Like we talked a little bit after that but we're not talking at all kind of right now I guess. Mine and his decision. So it was mutual a little bit. But one of us had a little bit more reason, I feel. Um, anyway, packed up my stuff and you guessed it. Next stop, mom and dad. Maybe you didn't guess that, but you knew I was on tour. So it had to be another state and city. So I went from Atlanta to Nashville. Now I'm going to Riley, North Carolina. Yo. Riley, North Carolina was a trip. Because first of all, when I got there... My parents (laughs) put me up in a hotel for two weeks. Mind you, I was on this hard drug in hotels. I don't know if y'all know, but our party capital. Think about it. People come from the club to go to the hotel to turn up still. People come to the hotel from out of town just to turn up. It was party capital. And the part of town where I was in, I guess it was the hot spot holiday in. Okay, I'm trying to tell you. My parents are host witnesses, though. And that's part of the reason why they put me up in a hotel. I have another story for you at another time, but I am 
not a Jehovah's Witness. And my lifestyle is contra contrary. There we go. I had to spit that word out. Contrary to their beliefs and the way they live. So, you know, I'm still doing drugs and stuff like that. Eventually, I did get to the house. And I wasn't doing drugs at the house. I felt good. I was going on walks. I was going, and like, running again. Like, I always got around the right people. When I get around the right people and they're showing me that love, I was doing it for them. But I was doing it. I was doing good. I was doing it and doing it and doing it well. You know what I'm saying? But... I couldn't get with the program of being a witness. Do it not just it's, it's not for me. I don't Do I don't knock any of their values, any of their principles. It's a well-structured religion and I support anybody's faith. But it's just not where I am in my walk with God right now. I'm not saying ever again, but just not right now. Um, so my parents were like this or you can get with that you can get with this because this is where it's at and i was like no i can't get with that and they were like okay well here goes a rental car eight hundred dollars and you are going back to atlanta figure it out so i came back to atlanta once again so stressed out so lonely i'm partying hard and for real when i say partying hard i mean partying Still in a hotel, hotels, but now I'm getting shit stolen from me. I'm, I'm, I'm dishing out money like left and right. Somebody's using my bank accounts literally because I trusted the wrong person, person with that information, and it was crazy. Um, but notice the pattern with all of those places that I was. All three of the places I called a place to stay or home, whatever you want to call it, temporary housing, a shelter, whatever. They said they loved me unconditionally, or at least that was the that was the foundation of each of those types of relationships. And you know what I realized? If you really think about it, everyone's love has at least one condition. There is something that if you do it, <laughs> that person will fall out of love with you or plainly want nothing to do with you. So my lesson was don't move as if you always have such a coveted and rare commodity like love. When it's gone, it's gone. And all love has at least one condition. It's the conditions that make love so sought after and valuable. It's the conditions that actually protect the people we love from us and protect us from the people that we love, from them walking all over us. We have to have conditional love. Don't believe that you're invincible from that, I guess is my lesson. Um, so, yeah, that's basically how this goes. That's how this is going to work. If somebody else is on here, you might catch me interjecting, asking a few questions. But really, I'm just going to let you tell your story. Might be one guess, might be two guess, might be 12 minutes, might be 30. But I'm just going to try not to go over 30 because that's a long thing. And who, ain't nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so, tune in with me every 
Wednesday, the podcast is going to be available at 6.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And listen in next week as we discuss our stories on recovery. Dun, dun, dun. Talked about the drugs. Now we're going to dive in. We got to dive in. Trey Song style. Um, but, all right, I'm out. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. I see, I see.